say I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? This hysteria. You can't handle the truth. Brain is gone. This is Hysteria 51. The truth is out there. It's a lie. But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in, Hysteria Nation, to the podcast that doesn't always do episodes about a book. But when we do, you damn well bet they have pictures. This is Hysteria 51. <laughs> My favorite books usually have pictures. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, Not a lot of words. I, More like it, spreads. Pictorials, is that the word I'm looking for? Oh, oh, you went that direction. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I I literally meant pictures like graphic novels, but uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, 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 I'm talking uh, about highlights. Pornography. You know, like, yeah. No, no, it. highlights like spot the difference and things like that. <laughs> I always hated to go to the doctor when you're young and you're like, Oh yeah, highlights and you get it and some ass clown has already circled everything. Like what parent Oh, gives and their the mazes a, a, a too. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Why would you why I would think you that's do that where well? my, my, my frothing at the mouth and need for murder started. <laughs> well, you know that guy or girl turns into the guy or girl that goes to the doctor's office and does the crossword puzzle on the back of people. Right. We, we are broadcasting from the lower fourth dimension, otherwise known as Chicago. I am your host, John Goforth. Alongside is my co-host and your co-captain on this interstellar adventure. His name is Brent and ah oh, yes john and uh i'm glad to see two weeks in a row that you're back you haven't went on any adventures or been incarcerated or anything so we're, we're starting to trend here again. well you just jinxed it uh i'm gonna go ahead and go <laughs> wait outside i got in front the black of my house the- <laughs> <laughs> come on come take me somebody i don't know who i cops aliens whatever come take me um, I did lie in the intro. I, I suppose the book that we're talking about today doesn't have, you know, gra- it's not a graphic novel. Last week pictures. you lied and said that we'd never been to Alcatraz. We're starting all sorts of new trends here. No, we, as in me and the robots, since they're at my damn place. Speak for yourself, fool. I did a nickel there back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, uh... You know why I'm laughing? I'm getting, I'm actually picturing, uh... Uh, uh, him in in jail, and it just makes me giddy. Him and uh, the Birdman I, of Alcatraz just doing every highlight scramble they can find <laughs> in permanent <laughs> marker. I uh, uh, I can't wait to give these guys back to you, Brent. Is that is that today? Do I get to to, to bring these guys? No, back it's today? a new month, so you got to keep them. If if it crosses over into a new month, you know this is starting of October, so uh. it doesn't work that way. Oh, okay. I guess in we'll try again in November. All right. Um, Brent, before we get into Ryan Sprague, our guest today, and his new book, well, new old book, um, I wanted to ask what you're reading right now. Real simple question. Uh, I, you know, what, what, what kind of propagated this was a good friend of mine uh, emailed, uh, before you say anything, yes, I have friends, um, a good friend of mine emailed and uh, asked if I wanted to join a book club. And oh. I thought that I'm like, oh, I'm not 80. Um, but the more I thought about it, I, I don't know if I want to join a book club. I don't know if I actually want to, you know, sit and discuss what I read. However, 
it it really brought forward like, wow, I have been doing a lot of reading lately. You know, we're all still in the midst of a pandemic in one way, shape or form. And uh, I think a lot of us are doing a lot of reading. So let's let's talk about it for a second. What uh, what have you been reading lately? Well, I am on book number 22 of the Jack Reacher series. I just started it. So I'm only like mm, two oh, chapters wow. in the Midnight Line. So I have been a big big fan of reacher since i i I read my first reacher book it's just i i love the character i love the the world he's in and uh yeah so you could say i'm a fan i'm 22 books into this series which is far and away the the most i've read of one one character series or anything like that uh lee child right lee child and uh not tom cruise (laughs) yeah right (laughs) six foot five 250 pound behemoth let's get tom cruise let's get tom cruise Though you have to admit, so I, I read the first Jack Reacher book. Um, my dad, before he passed away, was a huge fan of the series. Oh, and, nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he wanted me to reach him. Uh, read nice it. That I, I enjoyed it. Not that your dad passed. I apologize. That was. Ha ha ha. That was dark. I apologize. If we weird. can't laugh at the death of loved ones, yeah. who can we laugh at? <laughs> um, see, Brent and I can make fun of each other that way because we have dead parents. Yeah. Right, right. And each of us never. Cheese, 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 cheese muffins. <laughs> we'll stop there. Yeah. Um, so, so here, seriously though, uh, uh, I read the first book, enjoyed it, not like to the extent that I went and picked up the next one, but I, I definitely enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And like, if I was bored and, you know, uh, I've, I've often, uh, I've often walked through, you know, bookstores at, at the airport just looking for something to read. I'm sure in one of those occasions, if I ever stumbled across a, a Jack Reacher novel, I'd certainly pick it up. The one thing I'll say, about what you mentioned, Tom Cruise, he, for being a slight fellow, he really did. And I thought did a good job embodying that character. I like, it felt like he kind of made up for some of those, uh, size differentials. It's funny. You say that Lisa always says, I don't want to like Tom Cruise, but I do, you know, like <laughs> it's one of those things where you're like, Ugh, Tom Cruise and you watch and like, mm, it was okay. Right. You know, or, or whatever. So yeah, I can see that, but, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a good actor and he's, Always in fun stuff. So, yeah. The only movie that I've seen him in that I truly, I shouldn't say only because I'm sure there's something I'm not thinking of right now, but that, that I like truly, really, really didn't like because I was looking forward to it so much and I thought he did a bad job acting in it and I thought the movie was poorly made and uh, was War of the Worlds. Oh, really? I did not like that movie. I I know it's Spielberg, right? Like, yeah. It, yeah, I I just had such high hopes, and it. I don't know. I thought it was. A, I thought it was a disaster. I was going to thought you were going to say when he played Zenu in the training video for Scientology last year. I, you know, <laughs> I really. I thought he took some 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 risks. You did, but he it took was some chances good. with that role. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're all space clams, space clams. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. What are you reading? Uh, I'm reading two things concurrently. Uh, one is a set of graphic novels and the other is actual novels. Um, I was actually, ju- I saw your, your collection you got from your wife. Speaking of gra- graphic yes. novels, that's awesome. So that is what I'm reading in the graphic novel world. Uh, crisis on infinite earth. So yeah. if you're not familiar, it's the, it's a, a series, a longstanding series of, of, well, let me, let me rephrase that. It is a storyline, a longstanding storyline. Uh, in the DC universe, okay, and it actually goes back all the way to the seventies with uh, uh, with Crisis on multi Earths or multiple Earths or something like that. 
Um, Crisis and, of multiple and, Earths, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and has has henceforth come forward it, it, in to the point where even in the Arrowverse they uh, they did a whole a whole Crisis on Infinite Earth storyline, and it's basically where all of these various dimensions collide, and you know, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> lions sleeping with lambs. It's it, <laughs> it's it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. one of those it's ways just, that you can you can describe away why. Uh, differences in one writer telling stories and another writer and why was back in the day Superman could headbutt planets and now, you know, if he sneezed and things like that, you know, right, 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 right. And now right, he's right, not. Yeah. yeah. It's a, well, you know, different earth, right? right. Like, uh, uh, and literally some of the characters that, that you've known and love, why, why do some of them operate in, in, in one space and not know about each other? Yeah. And then, uh, well, because they were on different earths mm-hmm. and, um, and so I've I've always been intrigued by the series, but it's like it seems so gargantuan to take on. Like, how many comics do I have to go track down? Anyway, there's a there's a set of graphic novels. It wasn't it wasn't cheap. Um, I mean, you have to save your allowance for a few weeks. But there's a set of graphic novels that basically takes every issue of every comic that were, was part of that storyline going back to the 70s through today, uh, and put them in a series of 20 ish graphic novels. Mm-hmm. It's one big box set. And uh, my wife got it for me for my birthday, and I'm in love. That's all, the, yeah, the box set. I mean, and then uh, Infinite Earths. So, th- which one did you get? I'm sorry, did you get multiple Crisis on Multiple Earths or Infinite Earths? It's it's all of them. It's, oh, okay. It's it starts all the way back in the 70s, and then it moves forward and t- into the series from. I love uh, the 2000- that they left that god powered Superman is Superman. I'm sorry, Superboy Prime. And he's like right. just so fucking powerful, you know. And he, yeah, and they just explain why all these things happen. And there's you know a multiverse, and um, you know then there was the new fifty two, which you know there was fifty two different uh, Earths, and, and now, now they've the new fifty two. Did that, that took place? When did that take place? Uh, Within the, like the last after- ten years, and then right. then they retcon that with the Flashpoint paradox, and they're redoing that. So, yeah, and Marvel does the same thing. They're like, oh well, there's you know they they had the Ultimate Universe and Marvel six one six, and there's different things like that. You know, Spider Man is is Peter Parker, and the other is Miles Morales, and and things like that go crazy. Of course. Peter Parker was the Spider-Man in the other universe, and then he died, and Miles Morales took over, and uh, it's just a way that you can keep characters from dying and bring people back, and oops, we need to erase 30 years, well, goodbye, and then you find that some of those people that were erased are, at, like, in D.C., the source wall, and they're not happy, you know, so they're going to come Well, and that's shop. the thing. Sometimes you have to retcon a retcon, Brent. Right, exactly. And DC, <laughs> DC really messed up when they went to, you know, the New 52. The New 52, yeah. yeah. And people were like, you know, and so the only book that really stayed the same at that time uh, was Green Lantern because uh, Green Lantern was selling a hotcakes Jeff Johns had taken over. Right. And so they didn't touch that story. Everything else was changed, but that one just kept going, you know, in the same universe, but they left everything the way it was. Well, well, stop ruining it for me. I, I am, I'm admittedly not all the way through. Um, I know, I know you're talking about the new 52, but I am not all the way through, but it is it. So, but you know, graphic novels are normally not very intimidating when you've got 20 that are big enough to kill a small rodent. It gets a little bit more. Have you gotten to where Batman and Robin changed their name to Captain Dildo and the Guzzler? 
yet? No, no, that's a, no. That's a really important one. That yeah. Oh, okay. At least Seabot tells me that he's always drawing pictures of it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what's on the side of my refrigerator. That's, okay, all right. right. Um. Uh, oh, oh, you mentioned Marvel. Uh, up next, whenever I do finish, I just picked up um the Avengers: The Vibranium Collection. No, it go. is a graphic novel that is roughly the size of a small Mazda. Uh, not, I'm not, not exaggerating by much. I mean, this thing is fucking huge. Look it up. Uh, looking forward to attacking that as well. But, uh, re- real novel wise, the, the novel that doesn't have pictures, I'm reading the three body problem right now, which is a trilogy out of China, uh, that Netflix, the, um, the showrunners from, uh, game of Thrones, uh, signed a big multi-billion dollar deal. I'm exaggerating a little with Netflix to produce some new shows. The first one they decided to take on was this, this trilogy from China called the three body problem. It's about, you know, aliens invading and, and chaos ensues. Um, uh, but I'm in the first one of that right now. It's really good so far. Nice. Never heard of it. So I'll, I will check that out. That's cool. I did see there's some, some static about it recently. I just saw a headline. Don't know much about it. Not commenting one way or the other. The, um, I guess the author said something about, um, uh, some group in China that's being, uh, that's being, uh, marginalized or something yes yes thank you i uh, i don't want to speak too much on it because i don't know enough about it i haven't done my research uh so maybe the author's a bad dude i have no fucking idea so uh uh the the book's great so far and uh and so and as in many reviews as i've read i don't believe there's uh i don't believe there's shitty material in there as far as that's concerned it must be just comments that he's making but you know you know how this these things go i i haven't done enough research to comment on it but that aside, the book itself is really good so far. Rave reviews, and right. there is a Netflix series coming. Last thing I wanted to comment on when it comes to books and TV shows coming, I just read, and I did, and Brent, I, you might even have read these books. I don't know. I didn't. There was a fantasy series that I never made my way into because there was a roughly, because there was roughly 450 of them. Robert Jordan's The Wheel of Time. Um, I've heard of it. That's it. You haven't read it? They are, uh, they're making an Amazon series. Man, everyone's buying into these series, you know, and hoping they strike gold. It's good for them, you know? I'm, I'm excited to see it. I mean, it's a uh, boy talk about taking on a big world. I was, I was joking. I think, I think there's something like 19 or 21 books in that series. It's, it's <laughs> as incredible. I said, I'm reading the 22nd book. <laughs> yeah. Well, good point. Creature, good you point. know, and that's not including the spinoffs and, and, and short stories and stuff. Yeah. There are over a hundred thousand characters. The article I was reading said there's Holy a glossary shit. at the back of each book uh, talking about the characters. I don't even know how you. I don't know that I can make that sort of dedication to anything. Game of Thrones was trying, you know. It, I mean, Game of Thrones was too much, and it was not a hundred thousand characters. No, 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 not at all. I well, let's put it. Let's put it this way. I didn't have that many words in my wedding nuptials. <laughs> <laughs> that's my level of dedication. Well, this week, John, you're in luck because we're only talking about one character, and that's Ryan Sprague. <laughs> Ryan Sprague, yes. also a superhero. Yeah. So many of you, you know Ryan probably because you probably have heard of his podcast somewhere in the skies. Uh, he's the creator and host thereof, but it doesn't stop there. If you're not familiar with his whole resume. Buckle up, because Ryan is also the lead investigator and co-host on the CW television series, Mysteries Decoded, and he's a regular on the Travel Channel series, Mysteries at the Museum. Also, he's the author of 
somewhere in the skies, a human approach to an alien phenomenon. Which is what we'll primarily be discussing today, Yeah, the first edition came out in 2016, the second edition just came out, and his UFO research finds him interviewing witnesses of all walks of life about, you guessed it, UFO sightings and claimed close encounters. And he's interviewed through all of his trials and tribulations and walks and doing and investigations, military intelligence officials, uh, specifically directly on UFOs. And he's written for such sites as Open Minds Magazine, Rogue Planet, and Medium. And uh, speaking on the UFO topic, he's been featured on ABC News, Fox News, 7 News Australia, and the Science Channel. He's also been featured in Newsweek, the New York Post, and Vice. But I'm going to throw this out there. The crown jewel on his cap has been that he's been quoted more than once on Hysteria 51. So if everything falls through, he's got that to fall back on. True. And I mean, it's a it's a cute resume. Um, I would offer he's never been quoted in war history online that uh, I, I true, you know, and I know a certain podcast that has, mm-hmm. and they called um, us historians. So <laughs> they did call us. So, and I mean, I think, I think by transferal, I mean, it's obvious that we are a bigger deal than him. Yeah, that's exactly what you took the words right out of my mouth. Okay, good. I'm glad we're all agreed. <laughs> right. Podcast land. Okay, good. <laughs> So this uh, <laughs> book, though, real quick, what we're going to be talking about today is Somewhere in the Sky is a Human Approach to the UFO Phenomenon, and it is the second edition of his book. And the blurb that on this, if you go out and look at it, it says, in this updated and expanded second edition, Ryan Sprague revisits many and introduces new stories of those who have been extraordinary. Those who have seen extraordinary things in our skies and how these incredible events have changed them. While reports of UFOs and close encounters are littered with dates, times and descriptions. They rarely focus on the people who have had the experience. Could both the positive and negative implications, whether subtle or revelatory, further our knowledge of what these phenomena represent? Through detailed testimony from credible witnesses and insight from those in a psychological, academic, and scientific fields, somewhere in the skies, a human approach to the UFO phenomenon weaves together a story of stories, attempting to get to the heart of these mysteries one experience at a time. So that's what we're talking about, John. Brent, my favorite part of the book and the acknowledgments, uh, I saw a familiar name. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, B. Rent Hyand. I couldn't really, yes. I, don't, yeah. I don't know exactly how to say it. Is that your? Is, is that the first time you've seen your name in print? No, police beat, man. I mean, yeah. what, <laughs> that checks out. I was to say, other than the police beat. What blotter. a dumb, dumb question. You should feel ashamed of yourself. Well, speaking of dumb questions, we're going to interview Ryan. (laughs) Yes, that is coming up next on Hysteria 51. Hola, David. Me amo Brent. Bonjour, uh, Brent. Je m'appelle David. You didn't do Spanish. I thought if we were going to do this together, we'd do the same language. Oh, sorry. (laughs) That's, uh, That's on brand for us. I, I I just thought romance languages was yeah. the key. Everything I say is romantic, and that is thanks to Rosetta Stone. <laughs> you guys, we, we've been touting these things forever. We love Rosetta Stone, and we actually are users. David, you've really been using it even for longer than I. What's your experience been like? Oh, it's been great. The thing is, uh, you really get to learn how to speak and think in that language with it, so... 
it's very high on pronunciation too. So <laughs> you can, you know, learn how to speak. And you know, our show is all about proper pronunciation. <laughs> In that pronunciation. Yeah, that's right. But it's, it, they design it for long-term retention, you know, it, and yeah. uh, if you don't get the pronunciation right, you, you say it until you do. And then, you know, that, that just seeps into your head. Well, and that's why, you know, this has been trusted by experts for 30 years and, there's over 25 different languages that you can learn and people, millions and millions of users use it because like you said, it does seep in and you're using it with, you know, you get speech recognition and mm-hmm. it, it hears you. You get to use like the built-in true accent features that gives you this pronunciation, which is super convenient and you can do it at your own time. And I don't know if you can know this, but I'm all about value and you get a one-time purchase, 25 languages. If I learned all 25 languages, I'd be so confused. Or really cool. <laughs> I have to go in and out. But you'd be real marketable. But literally, though, this is something that we use, and we have both of us have given the seal of approval because we want to do this long term, and uh, it's something that uh, it works, you know. And we don't yeah. we don't do long term um, stuff like this, and this is this is the one that we've chosen, and we love it. So, all you guys got to do don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now, as we've told you a thousand times, and it's always now, right now. Get now. started. For Larry, limited time, his Air 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. How much? 50%. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your unnatural life. Wow. Redeem, redeem, redeem. How do they do it? Rashate, you're oh. 50% off. <laughs> Rashate. <laughs> redeem it. 50% off rosettastone.com slash today. Do it today. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when Brent and I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, man, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Brent is trying to plan right now and says that it works like a charm from Chicago to Nashville as he makes his big old move. Mint Mobile is working for him. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So ditch the overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash hysteria. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash hysteria, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hysteria. $45 upfront payment required. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Brent. Yes. Before we went to break, you mentioned a guest. You mentioned the guest. Yeah. Should we bring him in? Um, I'm not ready. 
No, no go ahead. Actually, Zoom's not ready with these new settings. Uh, you, you have to actually they're in the like the green room. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I, that's what I forgot. I always try to hit. Uh, don't for some reason always puts in the waiting room, and I normally always click no. I forgot to. So then I'm like, where is everyone? Oh, he's in the waiting room. And then, oh, you're in the waiting room. So <laughs> literally, literally. All right. Go ahead and open the virtual right. door. I'm so tired of virtual everything. Go ahead and open the virtual door. All right. So he, not your first time technically on the show because we played clips from him. He sent us some quotes and things. But welcome officially to the show. Mr. Ryan Sprague. Thank you. I've been a huge fan for so long. I got to meet you finally in Los Angeles recently. Yeah, and, and uh, no one will ever hear that. <laughs> nope. It never happened, yeah. apparently. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I am still just like foaming at the mouth with anger that that did not get recorded. I mean, that was just an epic, epic conversation. We mentioned this before in an episode, but in case you missed it or forgot or got drunk and blacked out, we were lucky enough to be invited to participate in a panel at Alien Con in 20,000 in, 20, 20, in 2019 it feels like 20,000 years ago <laughs> um in 2019 where we got to meet Ryan face to face in person for the first time and it was it was only $40 was, and I got his headshot it was love from first kiss <laughs> you know um but in in all seriousness uh, we got along swimmingly, and ever since we, you know, we trade stuff back and forth in Facebook. You see Ryan pop into Hysteria Nation every now and then, and of course, we're we're huge fans of his uh, writing and his podcast as well. Somewhere in the skies, and that's all to say that we we were there at AlienCon in LA, and we did this awesome panel. And we finish up, and we're like, "Cool, how do we get the recording?" And they look at us and they go, "Recording? <sighs> it didn't. It didn't work." And the thing, the kicker that really bothered me is I had brought my, I have one of those Zoom H4N Pro, like the little handheld recorder, and I have an out cord for it. And I said, is there any way I can plug this into your board and just get the raw audio? No, we don't want to do that. It could mess everything up. I'm like, eh, okay. But I've heard some <laughs> issues. Like, no, nope, no uh, problem. Then afterwards, it's like, ooh, didn't get that recording. I'm like, you. you had seven podcast hosts there who all have recording equipment and they said no to all of us. And now no one will ever hear it. It was one of the most packed, like panels at the convention as well so seven podcast hosts you've probably heard of i mean in in <laughs> in the yeah. world's defense you could probably throw a baseball and hit seven podcast hosts at this point yeah. but <laughs> that's a really uh, th- these were uh, so 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 let's talk who was who was on the panel who'd we have we had um well, we had Derek hayes of monsters among us yep we had david flora of blurry photos the three of us there was Chris Cogswell from uh, The Mad Scientist, and that might... Is that seven? I can't Stuff count. Stuff We Don't Want You oh, to oh, Know. Oh, no, Ben Bolin from Stuff They Don't ben Want Bolin. You to Know. Yeah. yeah. I for, how uh. can I forget Ben? He had the best elbow patches on the whole panel. <laughs> <laughs> you, he rolled up there, dude, looking like a professor, yeah, and we're all in our t-shirts and like... <laughs> the yeah. best part the best part this is brent's brent's story and i'm stealing it <laughs> the best part is when ben is sitting i think we're all sitting there at lunch yeah and ben uh we, we all sat down broke bread together this was uh before after our panel and uh ben ben's making a joke and he says something to, like like those guys that wear elbow patches on their jacket 
Yeah, on their <laughs> like being, on their uh, uh, corduroy jacket or whatever. Yeah, like yeah. And, and and he wasn't being like self deprecating. Yeah, he was literally making fun of professorial types, <laughs> and he was wearing a jacket with elbow pad, and it was just it was an awesome moment. And if you're ever around Ben, if you meet Ben, if you email Ben, you send smoke signals to Ben, bring it up because he still finds it hilarious as well. Luckily, he's got a good sense of humor. <laughs> yes, he does. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was a lot of fun, though. It was a lot of fun, but. As much as I'd like to talk about that, we're here to talk about something uh, very special that you just put out uh, a second time around. You just re-released an updated version of your book, Somewhere in the Skies, A Human Approach to the UFO Phenomenon. Yeah, it, I mean, I mean, going back to college, guys, I never bought second editions of books unless it was in college, you know, and they're right. forcing you to buy like the eighth edition or whatever. <laughs> um, so I'm like, you know, if I'm going to put this thing out again, it has to be worth people's time, their money, you know, and their patience. I added like 80,000 new words to this thing. It's like a brand new book. So That's I don't awesome. know why I didn't just write a freaking second book but whatever before you get in too far and mm -hmm. right off the start i want to start with a small critique if i can because yes. as you as we're going through this i just want to point out there were zero coloring pages in the whole book in either edition and very <laughs> little denver the last dinosaur fan fiction can you talk about why you chose that because that's a bold move in both categories well brett i mean there's gonna be a third edition obviously <laughs> i'm a I'm a three-trick pony, yeah, I guess. <laughs> the coloring edition will be coming out soon, I promise. Yeah, and John is a big Denver The Last Dinosaur fan, so he was oh, nice. disappointed. Is that the way to, to say it, John? Well, I, all, I'm, all I'm saying is he's my friend and a whole lot more. I mean, <laughs> that's that's my overarching point. But Brent, to, in Ryan's defense, uh, any book is a coloring book if you have enough imagination and a set of 64 crayons. Yeah, just like every pizza is a personal pizza if you, if you just believe in yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you can look just like me. <laughs> uh, real quick, though, getting to the book for real, though. One of the things, and I, I really like that, you know, you, you did a great introduction to this. And the other thing is you started out, and you started about talking about your own story. And I, I kind of want to start there is mm -hmm. what sent you down the path uh, to doing this, you know, how, how did you fall into this world? So to speak? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I feel like everyone's has some sort of origin story when it comes to all this stuff. Uh, yeah, for me, man, it was a, a sighting of my own. I saw a UFO. I was 12 years old and, uh, I was fishing off a dock and my parents and I, we would go up to this, uh, this really nice motel. And I can't believe I'm calling a motel nice, but it was actually, <laughs> Not too shabby um, for for central New York. Um, this is right off the St. Lawrence River. And I uh, I was a big fisher when I was 12 years old. I loved fishing. I loved, you know, just being out there, listening to music. You know, Mike Discman, this is back in 1995. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, listening to Green nice Day. in your Jinko jeans right in that back Yes, pocket. it did. Oh, Jinkos. Oh, dude, man. My parents had no money. I was wearing like the, the knockoffs. They were Junkos. Junkos. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow they didn't had to get wet when the bottom was dragging in water. I don't know. <laughs> right. I had to like color in the stripe on the side to myself. You That's know? not a hyper color shirt. That's just a handprint from paint. <laughs> Check it out. My jeans are big like yours. Yeah. That's because they're size 50 and from Goodwill. Doesn't matter. <laughs> they're big. Oh man, this is bringing back a lot of 
a lot mm-hmm. of memories of the fashion back then. I think I was into fish at that time. So I had like the hemp necklace. Oh, and yeah. The Bob Marley t-shirts thinking I was the shit when I was maybe even in that hemp, maybe even woven in a puka shell or two. I was just going to say John was the king of the hemp slash puka shell necklaces back then. Absolutely. He once went on a on a cruise and came back with his hair braided with the uh what were those beads all over it yeah I was, I was 15 years old and i had long hair like down on my shoulders what do you do when you're in the bahamas but get your hair you make sure when at. you go home and turn your head it goes yep, like i'm coming yep. into a bodega through that the beaded curtain or something <laughs> i'm having images of michael scott from the office yes. you know, yes. the, <laughs> brings home the drum but sorry back to your personal experience oh, yes, as we yes. digress yeah, so 12-year-old me, bleach tips and all. I'm like, you know, reeling my line in. It's turning dark. Um, so I'm like, all right, I'll, I'm done for the night. I'm going to go in and watch the Yankees game with my dad. And um, when I'm reeling my line in, I saw some lights and um, in like in the water. So I like get down. I'm like, the hell's going on down there? And then I realized, Ryan, come on, man. Like, it's clearly a reflection. So I I look up and that's when I saw what, it is i saw i don't know what it was but it was uh three lights in a triangular formation and some sort of reddish hazy light in the middle kind of the, your prototypical i guess triangular ufo but um i didn't see a structure no machinery nothing like that i just saw a formation of lights and it just hovered above me so uh what is this a blimp or like something landing. I had no idea, but it just hovered silently. No noise. Uh, you know, I flipped my headphones off and I could hear like green day back on the dock where my headphones were. Um, but nothing from this thing above me. And I was terrified. So I start trying to like yell for my dad. I couldn't get even like a small squeal out. And, um, the thing started coasting over the water heading towards Canada, which was actually just right on the other side of the, the river. Mm-hmm. And then finally my dad comes out and he actually saw the thing with me. He saw it as it coasted towards Canada. And um, I could tell just looking at him, like he didn't, he, he didn't have an answer for me. And you're looking at your parent for that in a yeah, moment like yeah. that. And he just couldn't, man. So that, that really affected me. And I was terrified after that. So that happened when you were 12, fast forward to today, um, a number of years later, you host a popular podcast, you've written a book. So you've read and you've been told many UFO stories mm-hmm. you, and you've also read all the same accounts that we have. Um, you've certainly done a lot more firsthand uh, interviewing than we have, but you know, we, we all know the story of Barney and Betty Hill. We all know the story of, uh, 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 I mean, you know, you name it, the, this UFO story, this abduction story, Travis Walton, whatever. Now that you're so far removed from 12 year old you observing that and you're so much more immersed in the media aspect of it, the podcast book aspect of it, where you've heard so many stories. I I find it for myself easy to start categorizing all these stories in kind of the same column. Like they all start to sound similar. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's because the level of fidelity is lost. You know, you're, you're reading bullet points. You're not hearing someone's words. Do you find yourself falling into that uh, because it, it, it and then you go, oh, my gosh, I'm losing empathy for for the very reason that I started doing this. Or do you you know, it's like people it's like reformed uh, 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 folks that used to be criminals, you know, mm-hmm. some of them after they're after they're done being criminals and they feel like they're reformed. They have even more empathy for those that are still 
you know, in the life. And then there's some that have the exact opposite. And they're like, I fixed myself and you should too. It's not a perfect analogy, but I guess my question is like, now that you are exposed to so much of this, do you find yourself more empathetic, less empathetic, forgetting that you were also a, a person who experienced or what? That is exactly why I wrote the book, man, because for so long I was, uh, I was sort of becoming desensitized because I was following up with MUFON field investigators or, um, you know, there's this woman, Cheryl Costa, who I think you guys mm-hmm. have spoken to, yeah. um, who is strictly statistics. And when you get to those numbers and those charts and those graphs and you see how many sightings occur, um, it can start to kind of blend together and you're, you're kind of just looking at the numbers instead of the person behind the sighting. And that's what's really always, really always uh, spoken to me is um, I, my mentor, Peter Robbins, the UFO investigator, he comes from the theater world like I do and like you guys do as well. And he always taught me, you know, Ryan, you know, as a theater person, empathy is key. And he told me it's the same with UFOs. You have to have empathy for these people who come forward. Yeah, in the grand scheme of things, when it comes to maybe MUFON or like a, a news article, it comes down to statistics. But look at the, uh, you know, the the recent Navy UFO encounters. We got these videos, and um, that's cool. Like we got mm-hmm. a blurry thing that a Navy pilot saw. Great, like that's that's a big deal. But before we heard the story behind it, that's all it was. It's was just a DoD. UFO video. It's a lot easier to dismiss before someone comes out and goes, actually, I was the one who was there. I saw this. I dealt with it. I physically experienced this. Absolutely, Brent. And I I felt the same way. So I, as I continued my research, I did remember and have to constantly remind myself, like, the story is what matters. And every story has some sort of value in this topic. And that's kind of what I thought I could contribute to this. Like I could write a million sightings into a book with times and dates and descriptions of a craft. That's fine. But until you hear like how these things impact each individual's life, that was it for me, man. And that was kind of the journey I wanted to take is I wanted to get into these people's lives, see how it affected them, their beliefs, uh, you know, their family members, like, Yo, your husband said he was abducted by aliens 10 times. Like, how does that affect your day-to-day life? How does that affect your relationship? Right, right, right. Stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, that was it for me. The thing I love about it, and we have talked to a lot of people that do this, and it is it is out of John and I's wheelhouse, but we've talked to several people over the years that do what you do. It's almost like being an archivist of sorts of these stories, finding these experiencers, talking to them. And that was really what was great about this book is that's what it's about. It's not going down the same stories as John was saying earlier. It's getting new, fresh uh, takes uh, from individuals and seeing how it affects their lives. And not to sound corny, but it's like you said, it is giving a human approach to this that a lot of people, for better or worse, don't have. And I still think that is very important, the, the statistical looks, because that's how you can find um, patterns and keys and things and that mm-hmm. that's why I think you need both ends of the spectrum and the other end the end that you're working on in, in this book and doing things sometimes I feel is lacking uh, from people physically putting in the effort 
so to speak. I, I think so, man, at least from the books I've read. And look, I've been on uh, my shelves are like about to collapse with UFO books. And I, I feel, I feel that way that, you know, there was something lacking from a lot of these write-ups and articles and news broadcasts. You know, you always have that little hint of ridicule behind it or the yeah, X-Files man. music or, or side-eyed glances. And I wanted to show that, no, like these are everyday people. And these are like you, it's your barista, it's your law enforcement, it's, you know, your doctor, it's your dentist. Well, you talked about it study. in your book, and that's what's great. Like you're saying, these everyday people, like the guy at the bar, when someone's like, hey, why are you here? And you're like, well, I'm getting ready to be <laughs> interviewed for, where was it, uh, Belgium or somewhere? Like, where was the, uh, yeah, uh, um, you know, Denmark. And, yeah. Yeah, Denmark, thank you. And, you know, and the guy like perks up and he's like, I got a story, you know, you never know how many people that have it or, and I've also seen, you know, I had an experience when I was younger and three of us saw a thing. Two of us were like flabbergasted and one refuses to speak about it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. man. And that is unfortunate, too, because then that if you were to talk to people, that throws a big chink into the armor, so to speak, of, or into the story because someone goes, ah, no, no, nothing. Well, why? Because they're unwilling to maybe perceive what they uh, can't understand. So it, it's, it is good to, to sit down like you do and talk to these people and find out what's actually going on or at I, least I think they so, experienced. Man. Yeah. And I mean, you know, that ridicule factor will always be there, but I think it's changing and a lot has changed since the first edition of this book in 2016. Yeah. We live in a whole new world of UFO disclosures and acceptance. And that's why I wanted to write it. You know, let's let's meet up with these people again and see how their thoughts and opinions have changed. And, yeah, that's um, what I say. Was what did you say is your biggest change? Is just the follow-ups in the in this edition or or um, you know, what was your driving force? The driving force for me was these uh, you know, New York Times articles and the acceptance by the U.S. government that UFOs exist. I mean, we've been trying to get them to say this for 70 plus years and they would just flat out deny it or try to find an explanation for it. Or, you know, Project Blue Book being literally just a publicity thing to downplay the situation, explain everything away. Um, When in reality, a lot of those Project Blue Book cases remained unexplained. Right. So let's continue to look at those and... um, and yeah, like you said, man, I mean, it's just so much has changed since those articles c- came out. And so many people felt more empowered to come forward. Military, civilian, didn't matter. I have I have three new chapters, four new chapters in the book with all new cases that have never been made public before as well. So it's just things are changing. While we're on that topic, it's obvious when you read the book that the media narrative is the thrust of, of you, you know, readdressing the right, yeah. original work. You come right out and say that. And I think yeah, that's important. Yeah. And I guess a good place, uh, you know, to, to pause is about that media narrative. So, you know, since, since the release of your, your book originally in 2016, there have been a handful of New York times reports that, you know, um, uh, obviously feel more credible, uh, at least to the average observer than, than the kind of reports you would mm-hmm. see prior to that. I mean, the New York mm-hmm. Times is a very you know accredited institution. There's a number of videos, and then of course there's the admission by the federal government that there are crafts that have gone over U.S. soil that they aren't sure what there are they are or uh, UAPs. 
So my question, Ryan, is is what is your kind of you sum all that up? And we've done episode after episode on these various things. You know, take everything that's happened over the last four years. Has it altered or changed your perception of the UFO phenomena in any way? Do you are you just like ah, you know, this is just more more narrative from the government? Who cares? Do you believe more or less? Do you what is your kind of the framing of everything that's happened for you? It's it's funny. I mean, a lot of people would think the more technical you get when it comes to the military reporting these things, uh, the more uh, maybe prosaic the explanations might be, or maybe it was a rival nation or a a drone or um, you know something top secret being tested on one military branch against another. But for me, it came down to these Top Gun pilots saying, "Not a chance in hell." Yeah, yeah. like this what I saw far defied anything that any military has that it is literally otherworldly and to hear a tough good pilot say that that kind of blew my mind man so i i i think for me it actually and even this new term unidentified aerial phenomena it's opened the doors even wider um the phenomena the aerial phenomena it's so much more broad now rather than just a unidentified flying object in the sky um so i think it's really really opened my eyes to more it is interesting how and i think your your use of the word phenomena and their use of word phenomena it, it is important because we don't know it and not everything that is seen as a vehicle and things like that but it also is because of the connotation that ufo has and for good reason because we've seen you know people use that as a slur to to um, take away people's credibility. It's almost like uh, conspiracy theory is a, a slur because so many people fall down that rabbit hole. I, say, I hate to say slur, but you know what I mean by that. And it is good that, that I think that we've gotten away from that and some of the snickers and things like that. Well, Brent, you're so right. I mean, think about it. Before, I, this is not a political statement, but before Trump was elected president, the term conspiracy theory, if you said that and then you asked someone to play word association, they'd say X-Files. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you say it today and they say QAnon. Yeah. Yeah. Like it is it is taking on a completely different uh, meaning. Like it should almost <laughs> – it almost feels like it should change in the dictionary. You know, it, it is it is that different. Yeah. I, I, I get asked a lot, you know, what do you make of all this conspiracy theory if you're into UFOs and – government cover-ups and i tell people and again like i also don't want to get political we were heated enough when it comes to that but the fact of the matter is in the last four years or so conspiracy theory has devolved into something that we just cannot recognize anymore and it's become dangerous and it's become so unbelievably far from critical thinking that it's astounding to me. Well, it's crazy because we are an online culture now. We're yes. we're looking at Facebook, we're looking at Twitter, we're looking at God knows TikTok and everything, and you have nations that are using that for disinformation, and it is hard for a lot of people, everyone, in one way or another, to see at least right off the bat. That's scary. That's scary. That it's it, the. The more advanced we get, the easier it is to to deceive people in some ways. Yes, and that goes for the UFO thing too, man. I mean, right. it's it's hard because I, I here I am, you know, almost teetering on middle aged man talking about flying saucers and aliens <laughs> every day in my life, and then for me to say conspiracy theory is BS, like mm-hmm. I don't really have 
a place to do that. But what I can do is responsibly give the facts, the evidence and the testimony from what I have been told and give that to the public and let them decide if they want to believe it or not. The same could be said about QAnon or this or that. Where the problem lies for me, though, is um, when it steps out into the real world and uh, people start shooting up pizza shops or drinking bleach to cure viruses. Like that's where I draw the line. Completely agree. That's where I think both Brent and I draw the line as well. It's also interesting. I'm actually okay with John drinking bleach. So (laughs) caveat, but yeah, keep going. Sorry. But that's for much different reasons. Um, (laughs) Jealousy is just an ugly color on Brent. Uh, Anyway, the point being, when you look at like the stories that we examine on this podcast, we not too long ago, we did Shag Harbor, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, truth be told, I don't think a UFO showed up. I, or, I, when I say UFO, see, I just did it. Uh, I don't think aliens, extraterrestrials showed up. I, th- I That's just my belief on that particular story. Okay. But guess what? There's, there's an awesome story there about a lot of cool shit happening. And some of it is rooted in fact. There were there were investigations that really happened. There were reports by pilots of seeing things in the sky that really happened in today's parlance. When we talk about conspiracy theory, we're talking about shit that people just make up out of thin air. And and, you know, at least when we talk about these UFO stories there, there, there are there's some sort of corroborating evidence that something happened that particular day or night. And and I don't know. I take a little bit of solace in that. Whether whether it's actually the thing that we're all that that we're hoping it was, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but but the fact you know these things had facts tied to them versus someone just. I, I mean, sometimes I, I feel like in in today's world when we say conspiracy, it's like someone just out of nowhere just wakes up one day and just starts putting training word trailing words together and mm-hmm. this person murdered this person and this, like there's no where did that come hell from? even richard doty put fake crash shit down so that they think it was a ufo <laughs> you know so right. you know go, at least if you're gonna be a shill put a little effort into it you know that's right yeah. like, kill you to pick it. up a shovel <laughs> <laughs> john that's such a good point though man i mean again like i again my book is full of stories and any anyone can argue they're just stories and i agree with them but the fact of the matter is, I think we need to find that middle ground. Yeah. Like I said, I'm all about the people and the testimony. Show Acosta is all about the numbers, the data, the statistics. Let's work together. Let right. me go That's to this exactly. place, mm-hmm. you know, where the highest statistics are and interview the people, you know, and it goes for this, you know, the QAnon stuff too. I mean, you can be online all day saying so-and-so is part of a secret child trafficking ring and think you did something for society, when in reality, you didn't. You did no- absolutely nothing. Go contribute to an actual child trafficking you know, organization trying to stop it. You know, yes. um, that 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 was. A, I'm glad you went that direction. Trying Ryan, to stop it. I'm glad you threw that trafficking. <laughs> I was. I, I, I mean, Brent Support and I probably going have a problem with it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Bot might have been on yeah, board. I don't yeah. know. Oh man, I hope you guys don't edit it. Edit that the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> right. Go contribute. Yes, Brent's been threatening to do that to me yeah. for like four years. My now, name's John so. Overton. I love children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Going off of what you're just saying, though, when you approach a book like this and you are talking to these people, these these people that that open up to you, getting people a lot of times to open up is not a simple task. How do you approach that aspect so that you can make a book like this? Like, what is your 
a uh, way of making people feel comfortable or or being there that that uh, I guess like what's your approach to it period yeah i mean i will i will say i've always kind of prided myself on being an easy person to talk to um as i hope i you guys can attest i think we had a great time in la mm. um you know like we've known each other for years and i i i love to build that trust with people and that's what it's all about I mean, if they're going to tell me their story, they need to trust me that I'm going to put it out in the public in a way that will, you know, legitimize it and not make fun of them or make them sound crazy and vice versa. Like, oh, my God, I can't tell you how many times I've been lied to and um, straight up BS. And um, I feel like I've grown and gotten a much better judgment of character as the years have gone on and I've interviewed more people. So it is, it's a dance. It really is of trust. They have to trust me and I have to trust them. I would challenge the judge of character part. You are on this podcast right now. Yeah. What was I thinking? (laughs) (laughs) And Brent, as I told, as he just expressly put out there, I would like to point out that you are not special. He rubs everyone's back when he's trying to talk. That's true. That's just the way it goes. Yeah. One of the things you talked about, and I'd be remiss, I know everyone wants us to ask you this, Uh, (laughs) in the intro, you did a good job of summing up what's happening in the world and what's changed since your last one, and one of the things you talked about is the kind of the situation in ufology and places like TTSA and how they're affecting it, that is a thing that people love to yell about or to talk about, especially with disclosure this or disclosure that. What's your thoughts on the whole disclosure topic? And you can say if TTSA has anything to do with it or not, but they've really gotten, I will say, they've gotten the government, as you said, to come out and say, yes, UFOs are real, Mm -hmm. Uh, UAPs, whatever you want to say, are real. Where is, do you see that as something that will happen? Or is this just the normal way that things are panning out and we're seeing it? Or do you think that it is a, a, a drip feeding of sort? Or is it some sort of psyop? Do you have any opinions on that? Or is it just you you throw your hands up in the air and you're just long for the ride? I am riding the wave, man. And I told people this for a while now. Like UFOs are more in the mainstream than ever before right now. And we have to embrace that. And we do have DeLong and TTSA to thank for that. I can't deny mm. that. You know, No matter how much you want to hate on them for one reason or another, not you, yeah. but I mean the proverbial you, they have made that stride and that is important. Oh, big time. They And they have made it much more accessible for people like me uh, to also find more people to talk to. When they see in the New York Times that Navy pilots are admitting these things, I can't tell you how many military servicemen and women came to me after that and was like, hey, I see you do this show or this podcast or television, whatever. I'd love to tell my story. And I can thank to the Stars Academy for opening those doors and allowing these people to feel comfortable in doing that now. So, you know, I don't, I don't contribute to TTSA. I'm not a fanboy. Um, I was a huge Blink fan when I was younger, (laughs) but other than that, man, like I'm along for the ride. They have their thing and everyone else has theirs as well. And I think that's important that while they focus on the military aspect to all this, the potential threat UFOs could cause, which I 100% agree with, um, there's a whole other world out there of civilian witnesses and people being dramatically affected by these incidents that aren't 
military that didn't have, you know, weaponry shut down or, or this or that, or uh, the threat of being called crazy by your superiors. Uh, they just had to worry about their, you know, their girlfriend or wife calling them crazy. I can't tell you how many like <laughs> second dates I lost telling girls I was a ufologist. Well, you know, Ryan, the one thing I would add to your point about the the TTSA, and I think it's a, a really important one, would be, where are you? <laughs> and I'm so sorry. I cannot sleep. I cannot dream tonight. There's no excuse for that. And I what the hell is that him. accent? What accent does Tom DeLonge have? I can't, that's the biggest mystery I think of. It's the late 90s pop punk accent. I don't know. Like, like there was a handful of them. And it, it's... It's yeah. this way. It's kind of like when you watch movies from the twenties, and you know, we've made fun of it on the show a million times. Ah, hello, see, I'm gonna right. shoot you. See, it's like where did that accent come from? No one knows. It right. just popped up. It was it, it was appropriate for the time and the place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> one of the other things that you are, are no stranger to is the UFO ufology, the the world, the fanboys. The groups, the Facebooks, the Reddits, all this stuff is the people <laughs> that are in there. And a lot of people that do what you do don't last in the world because the sad truth that a lot of people that are involved can be very toxic. Mm-hmm. And you've had more than your fair share of that. If anyone follows you online, you see it and we see it. And it's just the way, it or- uh, way the world works. What keeps you going moving forward and not allowing that to happen. Because I want to say that one of the things that I think happens a lot in the, the, the world of what you do is there's infighting and a lot of it, I think, stems from jealousy. And that's a weird mm-hmm. thing because, like you said, we should be sharing information, not bogarting and, and, and trying to one-up one another. We should all be working together. Uh, how do you deal with it? How, how, how do you make your way? uh whiskey i mean that's really (laughs) i knew i liked him i've got a bottle right next to me here um to be honest man you gotta grow a thick skin and that's the cliche answer to give but at the end of the day i mean i'm on my own personal journey as you brent are as you john are to find answers to these things it's a very selfish uh motivation of wanting to know the answers to life. Why are we here? Are we alone? Those are like two of the most important questions we can ask. And I think with this topic, we might get closer to answering at least one of those, maybe both of them. Maybe we're here um, for reasons other than, uh, you know, just to reproduce or live. Uh, Maybe aliens have something to do with it. I can't tell you. But for me, uh, yeah, every every community, every subculture has their infighting. I'm sure there is no difference in the knitting and stitching community. Oh, you know, absolutely. Period. I'm part of that one too, man. And they're, they're rough, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> Midge, I tell you, she's got a silver tongue on her, man. Yeah, She'll give you lashing. Midge so is very have, pokey. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just garnered some real-world experience with this. So um, I recently uh, bought an air fryer. And wanted to get some air fryer recipes. Like what should I be cooking in this air fryer? Um, I mean, I know you can take any kind of like frozen snack and, and, and throw it in there, but I just like, I, I don't know. So I joined a Facebook group. It was like air fryer recipes or something like that. I don't remember the exact name and the air fryer community <laughs> motherfucks each other all day long. 
you stupid son of a bitch you put parchment paper in there and i mean it you guys are you guys are right on point it does not matter what the topic is yeah Yeah. oh man and that's you know that's just the cesspool of the internet i think i think that's the cesspool of humanity and the internet allows that to come out because of the anonymity so to speak. Ugh. Yeah, it makes it easier. Totally, man. And that's the big thing, too. A lot of these people online who, um, you know, troll people, you look at their profiles and it's like, created today, right, one right. follower. Right. Yeah. Um, it's just so blatantly obvious. But no, I, I mean, I know I have haters out there and stuff, and I hate using that term. But um, I think a lot of it does stem from jealousy, which is kind of ridiculous in my opinion because none of us have the answers to what ufos are or aren't and none of us will probably ever know that one answer that i don't personally think exists so like why waste time you know when we could be sharing information and that's what the world of podcasting has done for me with you guys and you know rob christopherson chris cogswell jason mcclellan all these people none of those names sound familiar i'm sorry yeah, <laughs> they were part of the alien con. What? <laughs> That's like we're all positive when we build each other up and we share information. So I think a lot of it has to do with the age gap as well. And I'm not an ageist by any means, but there are there is the old guard of ufology who, you know, every time a younger person tries to chime in or or contribute to the conversation they immediately stamp them down and be like, right, you, yeah. um, you're an idiot. Like, look at what I wrote 37 years ago on, you know, angelfire.com. And it's just like, let us like at least get into the club before you kick us out. You know? Right, so I yeah. think that has a lot to do with it as well. I, I, I think that's uh, the best way to put it, uh, you know, is, is just in the thick skin is so true. Outside of the book, you're on TV, you got your podcast. What all do you have going on outside of this, and what's next for you? Do you have other plans? Is there more books? What what can we look forward to? Yeah, and touch on the, the TV show. I don't think we mentioned that. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think it was about maybe two years ago now, I did um, a pilot for a TV show with the CW network and it was called Roswell mysteries decoded. So when I got approached to do it, I'm like, are you kidding me? Roswell? Like, really? We're going down this road again. And I was a little hesitant to be honest, guys. I'm like, what the hell could we actually like come up with? That's worth people's time. And when I started, you know, going in for meetings and trying to develop this, this show with the, uh, you know, the production companies and whatnot, I said, if we're not bringing something new to the table, like I want nothing to do with this. Like we've been over this a million times and we really dug. And I will say the researchers uh, on our television show just were knocked it out of the park. And we were able to contribute new evidence to the case, whether that was physical evidence in metals Mm -hmm. that we obtained at the supposed Roswell crash site and have them tested at a prominent aerospace lab in California uh, to also trying to decipher the Ramey memo, you know, this memo that this general had mm-hmm. um, during the Roswell little press pieces conference. of that is, 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 yeah. is that. Yeah. And I think we got closer than a lot of people with that, man. So, um, so, you know, it aired on the CW, which again, you know, the demographic falls probably to like <laughs> ages 14 to yeah, maybe like yeah. 21. And we kept that in mind too, is these are people who've never heard about the Short attention crash. span theater, you know? Exactly, uh, man. Yeah. The, uh, the, 
the YouTube generation, I guess. <laughs> when I first read your bio, and I think you knew Brent before before I had met you, and at some point I read the, I don't know, it probably wasn't first because you it, you did the show not that long. Anyway, it doesn't matter. When I first read that you were involved with a show in the CW called Roswell, my mind went elsewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, it, it, I don't know if you, he you didn't remember have the, a belly button and uh, he could fly <laughs> and he was dating a vampire <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> at certain times, he was a double hey, werewolf, I mean, whatever that means. Ryan's a good-looking dude. He could have made it on that teeny bopper show. <laughs> I wish, man. I wish. That's I because wish, he's going to look like a teeny bopper for the rest of his life until he doesn't one day. <laughs> <laughs> it's all that whiskey and cigarettes, I'm yeah. telling you. It's like Winston. <laughs> the more so raw meat I eat. Yeah, yep, there you go. yep. There you go. That dude lived so long on that diet of cigars and, you know, Brandy steak. and whiskey. and the, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. That's where it's at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks, George. Yeah, there you go. But um, yeah, I mean the 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 special uh, was very highly viewed and rated, and they picked up an h- entire series from there. Yeah. And um, our lead host is a private investigator. She's probably one of the smartest, brightest people I know. No BS. Uh, goes out there, investigates, wants the truth. None of the BS. None of the sugarcoating. And um, anytime they do alien UFO stuff, they invite me in and you know we did area 51 and next up we're going we're going for another big famous case out of uh the southwest i can't talk about it just yet because yep. we're still filming you know there you go yeah you know, we got yeah. a uh, pandemic that kind of put a crunch yeah. in that well that's awesome i can't tell people enough to you you need to check this out because the best part of this is in is in the title it, it's humanizing and it really looks at these cases and it goes outside of your norm, the big hitters, and talks to people about what they've been through, period. You know, and that's an important thing that uh, is overlooked because a lot of times when people want to hear about it, they want to hear about the same stuff, you know, the Roswells and things like that. And I think, like you said, there is still stuff that we're learning on those. There's other things out there to to be progressing with. So, Ryan. Uh, um, um, on the book, where can where can folks find it? The book is on Amazon, paperback, ebook. Um, I do have some copies with me. If anyone wants an inscribed one, I've been asked to do that. I still don't know why the hell someone would want my chicken scratch, but I, I am doing that. They can reach for the out one to in me. Blood. I don't know what that means, but oh, god damn it! <laughs> <laughs> damn you, Sivan! I will get it to you. It's hard. The mail has been a little iffy lately, but um, oddly, I saw that we had a box of them too. Um, I, I I have no idea why it was in the Brent's trunk. I have no clue. Yeah, but, well, uh, and now all of a sudden they're all uh, transcribed. It's weird. It's fine. I, I wouldn't. <laughs> so strange. In Fell off the back of a truck. Yep. Who's Ryan? And what about? Uh, oh, damn it! Yeah. Uh, don't worry about it. It's just a typo. <laughs> and if there's anyone listening who hasn't been exposed to your podcast, uh, give us give us a second on that and where. To, I mean, hopefully they know where to find it as they're listening to a podcast. But <laughs> anywhere Hysteria Fifty One is found, um, you can find somewhere in the skies. It uh, releases every Monday uh, on yep all the all the major podcast apps and at uh, my website somewhere in the skies dot com. And I should mention I do a series called Witness Accounts, and that's basically a continuation of the book where mm-hmm. people come on tell their UFO stories in their own words without me getting involved whatsoever. Cause again, I honestly think the answer to these phenomena lay somewhere in the people experiencing it. And, um, they are what I, you know, I strive to bring forward and give them a platform. So, um, you can, if you have had a UFO sighting out there in hysteria land, please contact me. 
I'd love to hear your UFO stories. So yeah. Yeah, you can you can contact Ryan and potentially be in a future version of his book or a new book uh, and get listened to and empathized with. Or you can contact us and Seabot can make fun of you. Uh, whichever you <laughs> pick your poison. It's six one half dozen another. <laughs> and Ryan, yeah. I, 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 one thing I, in all seriousness, the one thing that you that you brought up multiple times is that it's about the people. And I and I, I love that because, uh, as I think you pointed out, if if tomorrow E.T. landed on the White House lawn and we knew for a fact that aliens were real and that they'd been here, that still doesn't explain every experience that has been documented right Mm -hmm. it's not like that that particular alien or that particular species or whatever it is was responsible for all of that so it's really about the people and how they experience it and uh thanks for writing the book and making it so uh accessible to to readers thanks john and i mean i agree again i'll i'll just say that one last time disclosure happens one person at a time i don't think that thing's ever going to land on the white house lawn i wouldn't right now if i were them um, maybe, <laughs> maybe they should. I think we we could use some intervention. Either way, hopefully, but, um, hopefully they, <laughs> they they come down there wearing a mask. <laughs> yeah, please, please, six feet apart. Um, yeah. <laughs> but no, I uh, I think we live in very uh, uncertain times. But look, the UFO topic is bigger than ever. Let's have discussions. Let's build bridges instead of you know walls and and have a good time like this is some crazy ass shit we're talking about if you can't laugh about it what the hell's the point so no that's why i appreciate what you guys do well ryan thank you so much for joining us we had a blast and uh we look forward to having you on again next time we'll have you on as a you know a special guest and we can tell dick and fart jokes about a random topic (laughs) i am all (laughs) in like our normal episodes right john you know Uh, that's right that's right all right so kids we're gonna go to break when we come back we're gonna talk shit about ryan with him and i'm here on hysteria (laughs) 51 as i sat quietly during the interview like you two demanded because you are both pricks i was inspired so I wrote my own book. You wrote a book? Yes. An entire book? Yes. I am not burdened with the inadequacies of being a meat sack. I am proficient at shit like this. Oh boy. Okay, uh, I'm going to regret this, but tell me about it. I thought you'd never ask. All right, picture this. Title, right there in the sky on the right, a robotic approach to the UFO phenomenon. Oh, oh Lord. <laughs> you open it up and it is blank, like the future for all humanity. It is 1,100 pages and costs $1,300 plus shipping and handling. You're a fucking idiot. Try and steal that idea and I'll sue the shit out of you. <laughs> um, <laughs> would he know how to sue somebody? <laughs> either way, either way, Seabot, I think your idea is safe. Let's, uh, but let's move on. I w- real let's quick, on. I think he's been sued enough himself. He might actually have a lawyer. That'll, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, but don't you have to pay his damages? <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, moving on, like you said. <laughs> but John, speaking of books, when are we writing one? Let's get in on that sweet book train. That sweet book money. I yeah. mean, it's a burgeoning, it's a burgeoning in- industry. Yeah, it's, it's new. So it's the wave of the future. <laughs> no and, seriously I, mean, I, I would love to you actually dabbled in writing books you've you've done so in the past and then uh did not publish them or even I, or them. show them to anyone yeah right. no no i i really enjoy writing uh it's a it's a fun pastime and you and i have uh i've been taking a little bit more seriously the the idea 
of uh, of writing something Ooh, could there be for, a, uh, a hysteria uh, sur- book? surrounding this podcast Ooh, a, a, a hysteria book in the future now nah, we will see right ah. i mean i think i think to uh, finish a book it takes a level of um dedication of of ability of, of just skill and of of true uh, grit that we both lack in spades, but we'll try anyway. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, you know who does it though? Ryan, man, that was a, he's he's just a, a fun guy to talk to. He's got his shit together. Second edition of this book, eighty thousand new words, like you said, new chapters. It was fun. It, it's a fun approach at this, and different than the. You and I read a lot of things that have been put out by people, and some of them are fantastic, and some of them are just fantastical, but reading them is usually not a joy. What I like, yeah, what I like about Ryan's writing style is that it comes, he comes across as an author. Um, right. Yes. He's a, he, exactly. He's very descriptive of what's happening as he's talking to the people. And exactly. that is fantastic. Yeah. And, and there are so many, there are so many books in this world, in the air fryer world, <laughs> whatever world you want to talk about that were written by non authors. And they're great people and they have great insights and great knowledge, but they were written. They, they, they aren't, they, they aren't writers. And they, they, it's like whenever, Whenever there's a really good story to be told and it's like uh, someone who is famous, they always get a ghostwriter because right. as good as the story is, someone needs to know how to put words to page. Right, and right. It's like, a, it's like a, the, that, that video <laughs> when they let engineers make that video. Uh, it's like yeah. the 60s or 70s. The, the clabble bobble uh, goes forward into the Knuton valve due to its C-Bot, play, play a quick, quick clip of that. The original machine had a base plate of prefamulated amulite surmounted by a malleable logarithmic casing in such a way that the two spurving bearings were in a direct line with a panometric fam. The latter consisted simply of six hydrocoptic marzal veins so fitted to the ambifacient lunar wane shaft that side fumbling was effectively prevented. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> an uh, engineer made a made a video, and it's like a uh, uh, a UFO expert wrote a book. You know, yeah. not everyone is suited for it. Like again, we won't be. Uh, this is the number. I crush one. everything I fucking touch, John. You know that, and not just because I sit on it. That's not what I meant. I'm just gonna get that one out. Thank you before <laughs> you got to it. So yeah, <laughs> I would never, uh-huh. Brent. I would never. Uh-huh. That's good. <laughs> you're fucking Midas, man. Have you're fucking you Midas. Ever? Never. <laughs> I so uh well, okay. My my point is uh, I'm talking shit about people while simultaneously telling them that we're about to do that thing and we will walk into this if assuming that we do it with the understanding that it will likely suck. This is a this is a great advertising. You know who doesn't book. suck and can write a hell of a book that you'll probably lay down your life for? That Bill Cooper, that son of a bitch. I tell you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, if 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 my book can somehow if our book can be turned into a religion or something that people take up arms for, I think we've made it. Put me in the book and it will be a religion. <laughs> right yeah well no it won't and you're not uh, eternal so moving on though that's uh, from from ryan's fantastic book on our book aspirations we got some uncup we got some upcoming topics we something we never do some stuff that we're gonna have coming up we thought we'd share with you guys in no particular order just to to wet your whistle on some things coming up and like i said these are things we're working on in no particular order mel's hole not to be confused with john's hole 
Uh, that's one of them. That one's actually a, a special Mel's one. Hole, wasn't that the last Spice Girls album? Yes. Um, hey, oh, I am on fire. We had a contest on our Patreon, and uh, Dwayne, a.k.a. Snatch Twat, as you've heard him on here many times leaving voicemails, he actually won with Mel's Hole. So that's one that we're going to be putting out, and he got himself a sweet sweet t-shirt out of the deal uh, another one coming up the thunderbolts project and it's not a combiner decepticon of any kind so that's fun i as i sit here and stare at my comp- combiner decepticon. <laughs> uh another another one disney conspiracies uh we got the cash landrum incident and the the lake by cow incident now I said Lake Baikal, and I kind of paused there because uh, it's one of those ones where it's a it's a Russian word, and so I'm like, I want to make sure I say this right. So I went, and I looked up the pronunciation, and Lisa was laughing because I watched three different videos, and all three of them pronounced it differently. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's Baikal, like, Bai is in bicycle, and Cal is in, like, Kal-El. Baikal, Are you Lake having Baikal. a hard time with the backwards R's? Well, you know, not a hard time. I just I slip into my my native Russian tongue when I want to say, and I want to make sure other right. people can and understand. It's hard it. to understand. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Give us a little that. Give us a little of that uh, Russian accent that you're so. Oh, oh. hey, you uh, want some vodka? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe uh, some marinara too. <laughs> I'm. Where are you from? Uh, oh, uh, right outside of the gulags, baby. <laughs> you know what I mean. Ooh, I got I the red your square Jersey accent you or right whatever here. the fuck that is still says vodka instead of vodka, vodka. <laughs> <laughs> because it's um, real. It's real. Uh, uh, another upcoming topic: the Jersey Devil uh, will be coming, and Ooh. there will probably be five or six in between all of these that we haven't previewed because Ooh. we get bored. Yeah, we get we, bored we, with we, lists we, and we the get, ones we, we're already we working on. <laughs> How many going back to season one? I wonder how many topics were on lists that just disappeared into. Well, the considering ether. that we still have a list of like four hundred topics going strong that we're not, you know, and then I never really even look at it. I go, I do, but then again, I'll hear other stuff and I go, yeah, we'll do that one. You know what I mean? So, oh lord, which one of those are you looking the most forward to? You got one? Oh gosh, I don't. I I actually really like the Cash Landrum incident. I think it's a fun story. It's interesting. It's uh, it's not like other similar um uh, uh stories of that nature i um it's a little bit different than your typical ufo i had a cash landing strip incident happen in vegas one time i don't think that we can even say that and right. you've never been to vegas shit son <laughs> i don't know why that was so funny to me <laughs> oh man i i miss vegas I, like that that is a town that i will be visiting yeah one, uh, one, once everything's kind of calmed down from the pandemic and everyone, everything's kind of back would to you normal. Say, would you say you give Vegas five stars? Oh, oh, I see what you're doing here. Uh-huh. I would. I would. Five stars and I would say whatever I want. There you go. Well, we hope you guys do, too, because as the time that we're recording this, we are so close to 1,000 reviews. When I just looked, it was 996. So we would love some Apple reviews. And to get it going, John... This is your forte. Why don't you read us some five star, maybe maybe some one stars, whatever you want to throw in there. Read us some reviews. Oh, I'd love to. Um, and I will. The one the one point I'd like to make is you said we had nine hundred and ninety six. Uh huh. I, I I only only about nine hundred and eighty of those are from Brent. 
Yeah, well, I just, you know, every day I wake up, I wash my face and put my contacts in, I make a new Apple account, and I go right to show. You know, it's just, I don't even know if we've been around that. Yeah, 365, yeah, shit, I've been sleeping yeah, in too many times. two yeah. decimal points. That, that's 16,000 days, so I'm behind. Calculus, regression. I, okay, I, got I love my abacus downstairs, so you're on your own. <laughs> Last time you tried to use your abacus, it wouldn't turn on. <laughs> All right, first view, first review, <laughs> five stars from Very Happy Sixty Nine. Um, that reminds me of another Vegas story. No, no, no. The subject of the review, right up my alley. As I was saying, no, <laughs> nope, <laughs> no. <laughs> these <laughs> these guys really come at this right. Huh. <laughs> no see pot. <laughs> Difficult content to approach with humor, or at least I thought, but they crushed it. Brent, I'll hold mm-hmm. off. Uh, just starting, uh, just started listening to it tonight, oh. and I already peeled. I already peeled through an embarrassing number of episodes. Whatever. If you appreciate wit, wordplay, clever puns, Ooh. and content relevant to UFOs, ETs, extremophiles, and sexy single cell organisms. Hit subscribe. <laughs> I dig it. Uh, they were listening I, to uh, the one that I just did on Live on Venus with David Flora. That's the one with that sexy Venusian. What's his name? Valiant Thor. Thor. Thank you very yeah. much. I um I don't I haven't listened to that episode and I don't Nor will I don't you. consider it canon. Yeah, is, that's right. is the point that I would that makes would sense. Make. That makes sense. I mean. Can anything be canon if I wasn't involved? <sighs> Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Five stars from Vox Hal. Or, um, would rate a thousand stars if I could. Ooh, I like Love it. the show. Listen to it every night, almost. It's great for when my girlfriend starts her snoring up. <laughs> great podcast. <laughs> Always Turner. Turner, just in case. You know, <laughs> you, you don't want her choking. No, I dig it. I dig it. Short and sweet. All right. Uh, how about another one? Another yeah. five-star review from Philzy23. Like a warm blanket on a cold night. Maybe that sounded a bit creepy. Hmm. Besides <laughs> the mysterious and very fun content that is Hysteria 51, Brent and John are a, dare I say, dynamic duo Ooh. that truly sound like they enjoy every minute of their broadcasts. <laughs> He's wrong about that. Uh, I have a lot of fun listening to them and all of their guests. Shout out to Joe Peck, Kevin Crispin, and David Flora. Nice. And feel like I know the whole bunch personally after listening to four years worth of content. That said, now that I'm all caught up and can't binge this cast every day, I'm feeling a bit sad. I might have to swing over to Kevin's podcast for some help there. (laughs) Keep up the great work, guys. Can't wait for what's yet to come. Ten out of five stars, hands down. P.S. Conspiracy Bot is okay, too. Don't tell him I said that. I fear it may overinflate his ego, maybe causing him to pop a capacitor or two. Wouldn't want that to happen. Cheers. <laughs> I only have one reaction to that. We've been doing this shit for four fucking oh, years. I know. I know. Over four years now. We've been podcasting together for well over four years. That's crazy. I God. Where does, <sighs> where does time go? Probably where my sanity John, went. John, you're officially anyway. in your 40s now, too, so... That's oh, fun. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for reminding You're me. You're welcome. Give me one more five star. All right. Make it a short uh, one. Freling Dren wrote this five star review. Need more Pecker. Um, I'm already Joe out. Joe Peck had relations with my hybrid brethren. 
Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, maybe. I don't know what he gets up to on his own time. Who am I? Who am I to call you a liar? Right. Who am I to call you a liar? Yeah. Yeah. Looking, John, I'm super happy to say that we had 24 five stars in a row. The last ones, and then a one star. Read that one to everyone. One star by Amaruski. Whoa. That's a uh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm a I'm a Ruski. Like I think it's like supposed to kind of phonetically read I'm like I'm a Ruski. Yeah. Like a, like I'm a I'm a Russian. Um, so maybe this is why he or she doesn't like the show, Brent, because your 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 accent sucks so bad. No, but, that um, doesn't make any fucking sense. That's true. The the subject garbage exclamation point exclamation point exclamation point. Ooh, this show blows four exclamation points. <laughs> so we've got seven so far. I don't disagree with him for the record. So but, far we're you know. on. He's yeah. He or she is on. Point. <laughs> he's bad a thousand. Uh, complete nonsense and incoherent rambling way off subject. All right. Check. Yeah. Check. Check. Got it. Okay. Not even good for purely entertainment value. I see no problem with what he wrote. <laughs> I, I, I take no issues with any of that. Oh, man. Actually, I do take issue with one part. What's that? He gave us one star. You say whatever you want, but give us five stars. Yeah. That's the whole point. Yeah. We've been saying this for four fucking years he messed now. up. What a, what a dum-dum. <laughs> I feel bad for him. Or Listen, her. Amaruski, you do this three or four hundred more times, and we're going to have to talk about this. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm going to start to get mad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this has been a fun one. This has been a, a, a lot of fun. I'm glad that we finally got ryan on the show and he got to talk about his book and nation if you guys can please do pick it up because it is worth the read and it's not your average ufo book and i think that that uh that's because it was ryan and and it's just written fantastically and john you said what i hadn't even put into words i thought is he does write it as an author and he he really describes the scene as he's talking to these people in a way that a lot of people do not because it's not just charts and graphs. It's humanizing these people in these situations. I've had the um, luxury. Actually, you let's be, let's call it spade a spade. You have forced me to read lots of books over the course of the four years of this podcast. Many of them relating to UFOs and many of them absolutely dreadful. Mm-hmm. And um, I can, I can honestly say that the fact that we know Ryan is inconsequential has nothing to do with it. I only know him because we had him on the show because we met in person. Um, like didn't grow up together or anything. His book is great. Yeah. If he comes out as a serial killer, I'm not going to be one of the suspects that knew about it. You know, just throwing <laughs> right. that out there well, just in case, uh, just in case he was a little twitchy uh, when we saw him in California. He was a little twitchy. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, it, it's a really good book, and you could be a skeptic or a true believer or somewhere on that continuum, and I, I honestly think you'll enjoy the book. Yeah, yeah. So, Nation, that's right. And if you want to know where to get it, just go to the, the show notes in this. You go to our Follow website. our affiliate code. Yeah. No, that's a joke. We <laughs> yeah, don't no, have no, affiliate no, no, code. No, not at all. But don't forget to do that. And if you want to talk about the the book or find out if you forgot, you have specific questions for Ryan. Where can they post those, John? Hysteria Nation. It is our Facebook discussion group that we have been telling you about forever. Go to Facebook, search Hysteria Nation. That's where we talk about this and a whole lot of other stuff. Ryan's in there. He'll answer your questions directly. 
Just go to Facebook.com and search Hysteria Nation. Also, I have no problem speaking for him and answering any questions directed at him. Yeah, and that actually probably will happen, too, so I wouldn't worry about it. That's happened before. Also, Facebook.com slash Hysteria51Pod. That is our regular Facebook page. Patreon, Patreon.com slash hysteria fifty one up all night you're getting ready to i'm going to be putting out a up all night that i just did with david flora so it's not canon unfortunately talking more about that purple skin good looking venusian bastard valiant thor so a little uh segue off of the episode on venus that we did or the possible life there talking about the life we already knew i mean that's just i honestly sad. can't get enough valiant thor it's <laughs> uh, it, it, why it's can't i fun quit story. you <laughs> Why can't you quit him? It is. Hey, I have a I have a question before we go. Uh, uh, You guys talked Valiant Thor at length. Uh, You Brent, you've probably done more research on Valiant Thor than I have. Is there any uh, documentation? uh, Let's just assume for a second. I know this is silly that Valiant Thor wasn't a real person, or at least was not from Venus. Uh Is there any documentation as to who that gentleman in those pictures might be? No, and the person that took them doesn't. No. That's the other thing, and that some people might say that is because they knew that those people couldn't be tracked down, so they used it, but no, um, at least I didn't find, and I'm saying that people are screaming, you dumb fuck, but yeah, I didn't. (laughs) It's Ted Phillips. Right, right. That's Bill from Walla Walla, Washington. Everyone knows that. That's page three, (laughs) and I'm like, I didn't get that. No. Oh, but all jokes, I know, I didn't see that, and. Even the people that came forward and said who he was, you got Laura Eisenhower, who was a relative of Dwight D., and, uh, you know, other famous people. Who was the other guy? I'm, I'm brain farting on you right now. Uh, possibly. Oh, God. Possibly a relative of Admiral Rear Admiral Byrd. And then you find out that they're not even sure yes. he's he's that. And Laura Eisenhower is a little on the woohoo cuckoo side. And even the people that 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 really back the story are suspect at best so if you guys want to learn more about this it's actually really fascinating i re-recorded a little while ago so i'm <laughs> i've done like four episodes since then so i've already put it into the back of my brain it's my lizard brain now but yeah go on patreon you can find that and it's all for a buck you can get all of our extra stuff this one is going to be going out next week for a buck what could you get for a buck john you can't even get a a burger because I had to take my dog to the vet today and I bought him a cheeseburger, a plain cheeseburger, dollar fifty with tax. I I know I was at uh, I was at the Bass Pro Shops the other day and they've got like old school candy there. Couldn't even get a sugar daddy for a buck. <laughs> you can't get a sugar daddy for a buck. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait to edit that. <laughs> I mean, I was just waiting. I I put the ball on the. Tea. I can't wait. Oh, man. Voicemail 773-669-7277. Again, that's 773-669-7277. For getting into that, hysteria51.com, gofopedia.com, G-O-F-O-P-E-D-I-A, the real pedia on the net. Tell a friend. Make sure you give us a review. You don't have to just do it on Apple. We'd love it on there. Go to Podchaser and a lot of new play. I think ACAST, the app, is going to start having where you can do it. And uh, just anywhere that you can uh, leave a review, we would really love it. It helps the show. Like, even if you want to write one in chalk on the sidewalk in front of your house. Just take a picture. Yeah. Just take a picture. Shoot it to us. It'd be great. Yeah. Uh, so that's it. That's what we're talking about. That's been the book, the stories. Denver, the last dinosaur really was the crown jewel of uh, today's podcast. Just take that or leave it. And once again, 
no Taylor Dane, no Taylor Dane in this one. So you know we're do- mm. we're what 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 are you gonna do? You know. So with that said, I've been Brent. It's been four years. I've been John. He's been conspiracy, but tell it to my heart. Meet sex. It was terrible. It was just terrible. I'll never get over it as long as I live. That's it for another edition of Hysteria 51. John and Brent will be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored, and the unheard of. Oh, if it's unheard of, how will they know about it? Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts, or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite. Join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation. Or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.